look to, uh, tonight into the into Romans, Romans chapter eight, verses thirty-five through thirty-nine. Romans eight thirty-five. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'd like to reread verse 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I don't know how you could come up with a more positive and more powerful statement than that. And this came from a man who tried to conquer Christ himself. He was determined to put him down. If you know much about the way the Word of God goes in the Old New Testament, yet God conquered Paul by his love and power. It's quite a story in itself. But this so turned Paul around. He was so convinced, and you can see by this kind of wording, how absolutely shameless, how absolutely persuaded this man was, he could not say it strong enough. He could not say it more positive. And of all things, this is to us. This is to mankind. Mankind who failed terribly miserably from the very beginning first two people on earth adam and eve they failed miserably fell into sin but yet it was to them and to all of us there the way they fell it so separated them from god it affected them of course it even affected the creation that god made it even affected what grew and what didn't grow from then on it affected the nature of the animals from then on. And they lived in a beautiful but different world than that was. In fact, none of their offspring has ever known, ever seen what they saw in the beauty of the original creation of God himself because they fell so hard into sin. And man has been tossed in sin and all of its effects Every since that time, that sounds pretty hopeless, isn't it? That's about as hopeless as you can get. But yet, we're reading words that are as positive and powerful as you can get, and they're to us. That's quite a thing. It, it really is. And so, however, it isn't that they become so big and strong that we do. It is through Him. It's all through through him that loved us. How did he still love us? 
we can never know the love of God. Man's love in his greatest, in the most greatest love stories, falls far short in reality of the love of God. It's incredible to where he could make sure that we could be able to to uh, end up with this kind of hope and this kind of grasp. But Christ had to do it, so he had to somehow enter into a battle beyond imagination to salvage man's soul, deliver him from sin for, for his life here on earth, and give him life eternal and fellowship back with God himself. What kind of a battle is he going to fight for that? Well, he had to come to earth, and he chose one of the cruelest tools of crucifixion, of, of uh, pain and suffering and death that was in the Roman arsenal. And that was the death of the cross. That's where he went to battle. It was one of the cruelest tools. I'll read the definition. I looked up the definition. Crucifixion is a method of punishment or capital punishment in which the victim is tied or nailed to a large wooden beam and left to hang, perhaps for several days, until eventually death from exhaustion and asphyxiation came. It was used by the Romans only. In fact, the breaking of the victim's legs took place if they need to speed up death and to stop the breathing ability. Christ chose that. That's who he chose for you and me. And that's where the battle took place for our souls. And Christ had to win that. He had to conquer that. And so it's all through him. But as he went there, we've just gone through, you know, it seems like Christmas was not that long ago. And here we had Easter. But all of this that we really know so well, yet he when he allowed himself to even be tried there in Pilate's, in, in Pilate's place, they didn't know it, but they were surrounded by barriers that they had no idea even existed. God was completely in control. Sometimes they felt it. Sometimes they had no idea. But even as he stood before Pilate, Pilate was amazed and even unnerved by the fact that Christ just stood there. And he opened on his mouth and just stood there quiet. And he said, don't you know what's being accused? He didn't have to justify himself to man. The more he stood there, God was way ahead. Prophesied eons earlier as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before his shears is dumb, so he opens not his mouth boundary they had no idea was there he was playing it you can say i guess he, he played him like a fiddle at his own crucifixion but it would go on and uh as uh even when he was crucified it's amazing he put up a sign that says jesus king of the jews that so went all against everything the trial was all about they and they went to Pilate and said what are you doing? He said that. He isn't, isn't that. What I've written, I've written. Boundaries, he had no idea. 
God is conquering all the way through. And so it's, uh, even, you know, even when he died, even when he died, he was in control of when he died. He was in the diet to, in, there until it was completely finished. Until he said, it is finished. Then he gave up the ghost. In fact, when, because they had to speed up, as what was mentioned in the definition of crucifixion, they had to speed up the death of the criminals, being, him being crucified alongside two other, two actual criminals. And so they went to break their legs to speed up the death. They came to him. They were shocked again. He's already dead. Unnerved. This is not normal. It was his time. And yet, and so, even at that, even when, I'll read you that, I'll read in John 9, 36, 37, for these things were done, well, this is, that a scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. Of course, then someone got the bright idea, I'm going to pierce him with a spear. What's it say eons before that? And again, another scripture said, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. Here the, the, the soldiers are doing, uh, fooling around with the garments, the, his garments, and they cast, they were apparently divided them up. I don't know why they would split seams and you take part of a garment. Maybe they're going to make something out of it. Maybe cloth was a lot more rare than we thought. But what, for whatever reason, this was no seam in it, so they decided, let's cast lots. So the one person can take the whole thing. And they said among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Whence it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith they parted my garment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Well, then he's, he's died, and then we know, okay, all done. And then we know the story where one of the soldiers, when so much took place, he might have been one of the soldiers that persecuted him early. He said, surely this is the Son of God. There were others that were around them. We're not positive whether a number of people said that. Because they all were observing this and all that was happening. And then he made that statement, which it goes like this. Matthew 27, 50 through 54. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. The graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Well, the Lord had a job, and he was doing it. Even when he was buried, what's going to happen now? Here comes Joseph of Marimathea, a rich man, a follower of God, believer in Christ, and he begged for the body of Christ. An accident? He, he put him in a tomb that he hewned out himself. He's a rich man. He hewned out a tomb uh, in the rock for himself. 
But here he begged the body of Jesus and put him there himself. Put him in that tomb. Isaiah 53, 9 says, And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Christ changed the image of the cross completely. I don't know what kind of image or what they thought about him after that. It's been said, not scripturally, but it's been said some of the disciples were crucified. But you cannot imagine that the military looked at the cross in the same way. From that moment on, the whole world thinks of the cross today. They don't see all of that we just were talking about. They see Christ. The cross represents Christ. He took claim of it. He took ownership of something that cruel and that terrible to fight the battle for you and me, to take us from here over to there. Did it completely, the whole thing, all by himself. We sure didn't help him. We helped put him there. We caused him to go there. But still, he did that. Even though people sometimes will, you'll see crosses all over. They might wear them for good luck charms. You know, that doesn't bother me at all. It's thrilling. They know whether they're misled on really what it's about, whether they think maybe a, a symbol of the cross might give them good luck or might be just something good. Well, the whole concept is good because it's not going to give them salvation. No, but it's, it just tells you that has Christ has changed the cross completely. And even in their ignorance, it's thrilling to know they mean it needs, it means, they know it means Christ. It means God. It means good. It means love. It means compassion. Whatever the words you, you want to use with that. Christ changed the cross completely when he took ownership of it. He owns it. Okay. Now what does mankind do to we can easily, if we're not careful, stand back and go, and the world does, and in a form of worship sometimes, and go, we'll reverence the cross and kind of view it from afar. Because after all, we had nothing to do with it. We had everything to do with him going there. But we had nothing to do with his victory. Nothing to do with his conquering. But it was for us. But yet, there's more to it than that. I kind of like to... Look at it in a way that the Lord in some way, not scripturally say this to us, but yet you can stack up that way. He gave us a portion, a part of the cross, so we could have a part in everything accomplished at the cross. And the part of that would be the foot of the cross. We would go, so to speak, in heart and in spirit. Man goes to the foot of the cross. And becomes part of everything God accomplished there. When we come, it's the only place that surrender can bring victory. And when man surrenders his heart and life to what God accomplished at the cross, so to speak, at the foot of its foot, in humility and humbleness and, and repentance, in thanksgiving, we can claim that spot. And we have a part of everything that was accomplished. And he says, you can be joint heirs with me. And everything is accomplished. And everything his heavenly father meant when he first created man and this 
this world and all creation. Wonderful things happen there. Things thought impossible happen there. After all, we're told, we, you are more than conquerors through Christ loved us. Wonderful things can happen there. Life-changing things happen there, starting with our salvation. We find peace there. No matter what is going on around us, the, cro- the image of the cross cannot be changed. It will always mean Christ and what He established there. It's not about worshiping the cross, of course not. It's worshiping Christ that died on the cross, and we thank God we can have a part in it. But we can't do it from afar. We'll have to come near to it. And therefore, we might as well claim, we can claim a spot right at the, right at his base. And be a part of the whole thing. Go there in prayer. We'll find peace there. We'll find eternal life there. We find it all there. All of our concerns. We'll find victory there. We need victory. Things we face in life. Well, we're told, you, ye are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. We find victory there. Many challenges. In fact, we're told, and even the Lord himself says, in this world ye will find tribulation. We've been kind of tasting things we weren't thinking about, haven't we? But he said, be, he didn't even say fear not. He went beyond that. He said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what he has to say to us. Those that come to the foot of the cross and have a part in everything that has been accomplished there. And Paul, he states this in 1 Corinthians 11 or 15, 55 through 57. Oh, death, where is thy... This is a man talking. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Victory, victory, and victory. But he even says, ye are more than conquerors. You know, that sound like, like kind of, uh, is that possible? With God, all things are possible. More than conquerors. It's not been in evidence of Roman history to ever abuse a convicted uh, person to go to the cross and abuse them ahead of time. That is not even in their history to do that. It's not, there's no evidence of that. In fact, we get used to someone that's on death row, they give them a last meal or whatever they want. Quite the opposite. But here, more than conquerors. Him, he went through more than that. They never flogged in, in any uh, information we have someone before they went to the cross to die or death like that. What's the point? But that they did with Christ. They mocked him. They slapped him. Pulled his beard. Shamed him any way they could. Flogged him. Then we sent him to the cross. He suffered all those things. Things that, that we fear or come close to or maybe maybe suffer some abuse in ways, different ways like that. Christ has been there. 
He said, you are more than conquerors. He did the extra on top of the crucifixion. And even before that, before he started his ministry, before he started his ministry, here comes Satan. He's the one, the enemy of our soul. He's the one that accuses the saints all the time. Well, here he comes on his own. And here Christ had to have 40 days with him. But whatever the, whatever the devil uh, gave out, he took it and gave it back to him in complete defeat. By the word of God and his own words and the way, the way he stood it. Finally, he, he sent everything to him. Temptation. Doubt. Doubt about himself. Who he really was. What he could really do. Warping the scriptures. That brings confusion. You ever gone, you ever experienced any of those things? Christ been there. He said, ye are more than conquerors. Paul didn't misstate that. Until Christ didn't have enough, the devil had enough after 40 days. It says that Christ wasn't begging him to leave. The devil left. He left on his own. He had had, en- he had, had enough. And then the angels came. How about that? That's a part of having a part of, with Christ. And God may take you. Through, uh, God may allow you through some things, even take you through some things, but then the angels will be there. You can expect the angels to come to your rescue. They did to Christ, they will with you. Ye are more than conquerors. Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. When the enemy shall, shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. It's the Word of God. To you and to me. These are powerful words. But they're not to anyone else. They're to us. They're to us who have a part and want a part. And want a part of what Christ won at the cross. We go there. With our heart and our spirit. No, we don't need an image of a cross. That's not necessary. We serve God in spirit and in truth. And so we go and pray in that manner. In fact, so we go to the cross. And the cross will be an anchor to your soul, so to speak. As where heart and spirit is in that place, you'll find an anchor to your soul. When things are tossed around you, it'll be your anchor. Guess you could be your vessel or your vehicle, so to speak. You ever wonder what to do next? What decision to make next? Go to the cross, so to speak. It'll take you where you need to go. It will. The Lord won the battle. Is there something you're afraid that looks like it might be coming your way? So to speak, go hide behind the cross. Go to the foot of the cross. And stay behind it. In your spirit. And let God, the battle, be the Lord's. It'll take you through. Whatever does come your way, it will take you through. You know, behind a moving vehicle... There is a draft that comes in behind it that's very calm. Even if the vehicle is going very fast, you can maybe notice it if you've been a dusty day, you're on a dusty road, and your dust is going everywhere, but because of the wind, it can only light so much on your car. But in the back, for some reason, it just piles right up on there. 
That's because of the calm space back there. I've looked, you can see it in a, you can see it in a boat. I'm amazed. Remember out the kid water skiing and the boat would be going fast and I'd see particles and sticks and maybe a cup that it picked up somewhere in the water. And it's hanging right there next to the back of the boat and it's going miles an hour. Well, we can do that, so to speak, in our mind, our heart, with the cross of Christ. The battle's the Lord's. And the closer you get, the easier it is to stay there. It kind of holds you even. It's kind of like that draft. Well, this is the gospel. It is not a barely make it gospel. This is a powerful gospel. God has everything we need. Yes, thank God we hear about salvation, sanctification, the baptism, healing, perplexities, troubles, temptations. God has it covered. We go to the cross. If we're a child of God, we have all of this at our aid, at our, our aid. And, uh, you know, if we're, if we're not saved, this is where the action is. This is where the action is. This is where the victory is. Before I was saved, I thought, I've just got a handle on, got to have a handle on, on action and fast going things and thrills. But when I got saved, I found out I never knew the half. Didn't know the half. Paul so right when he said, ye are more than conquerors through Christ that loves us. Thank God if you're not saved, come to the Lord. Any other reason? Thank God we can come to the Lord all the time. He's there for us. He fought and won the battle. And thank God we can look to him tonight. We'll stand and sing song 487. And the altar's open. Take time to pray.